So here is the big question. How do entrepreneurs like us, who started sales or direct selling or network marketing, how did we start our journey but now feel stuck, feel like we're struggling or we can't level up to where we want to be, where we know we can be? How do we break through and prove everybody wrong, wrong. show ourselves that we are successful and show ourselves that we can win? That is the big question. And this is the podcast that will give you the answers. My name is Lisa Hawker, and this is Direct AF Sales. So without any further ado, I am going to introduce you guys to one of my besties, Tamara Wilson. I am so excited to have her on here for so many reasons, um, which we will get to, but I can tell you that there is absolutely no way that this podcast, my book, the dice, my introduction into direct selling, nothing, nothing would have happened, but for this beautiful, amazing woman. So Tamara, Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for taking the time to um, chat with us. And I want to hear a little bit more about you and how you became a business owner. Well, first, Lisa, thank you so much for having me. This is actually really exciting. It's um, just to watch this whole thing transpire and be a part of it and just encourage you along the way and just uh, see everything that you've accomplished has been really amazing and very, very inspiring. And so thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And I'm just, I'm really, really grateful. And your journey has really been incredible uh, to just watch and I'm happy to be part of it. Well, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Tell me more though about your journey because we're going to weave back into how me laying on your table for 10 years led to all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um I grew up in a family uh where entrepreneurship was just all I knew. My father was an entrepreneur. He had been creating and inventing and uh doing all of that kind of stuff since the time I can remember. So I grew up in a family uh that that really uh, inspired that. And um, he started his own business. He was actually working in finance when I was young. Uh, and then when they wanted to promote him and move him to the East Coast, he wasn't sure he wanted to uproot his entire family uh, to do that and was just thinking outside the box and thought he was going to start his own business. Um, and he did. So uh, he was successful at doing that. And I, I remember him starting it in our dining room. And my mom was his bookkeeper and we had printers everywhere. And so growing up in that environment, I really understood, wow, this is this is exciting, but a lot of hard work. And then watching him uh, move into his own first office and then expanding to many different cities and other offices. He had a contracting company at that time. Um, I remember emulating uh, quite a bit of that when I was young, setting an office up in my bedroom and <laughs> thinking that this was just the way life was. And I found it really exciting to work hard at a, at a young age. And I saw all the bumps in the road and was a part of that with my own family and my parents' uh, marriage and, you know, what being an entrepreneur looks like in the rough times too. So um, anyhow, I loved it all, all the ups and downs. I was, you know, very interested in creating and, uh, you know, having the flexibility of being an entrepreneur and I think seeing uh, what my family went through with the different businesses my dad created 
was helpful for me because uh, I went into it knowing there was going to be some really hard times. Um, and, and I had someone to lean on when, uh, you know, when I hit those times. So I really had that entrepreneurial mindset from a young age, but, um, you know, uh, college led me to other things I was studying. I thought I was going to be in medicine and become a doctor and studied that route and hit some bumps in the road there. Um, and let that dream of becoming a doctor go and switched my major to exercise physiology and, um, athletic training and really just sunk my teeth in there after having some, um, some issues with studying in medicine, I hit organic chemistry and I thought, oh, wow, I just don't, I don't have <laughs> okay, an aptitude. That. <laughs> yeah, I don't have an aptitude for this. So I switched over and um, I just, I really loved it. I loved what I was learning. And uh, soon after I graduated, I was still working for my father, but also in the wellness industry. And um, an opportunity came to me uh, about working with this European equipment for women's wellness and athletics. And I jumped in on it and I didn't really know what I was doing at the beginning, but I didn't have a husband or children at the time. And I thought, well, this is better, you know, better now than never. And I, I believe I was 20 around 20 and um, I just stepped into it. I had a gal come to me and say, would you research this uh, equipment from France? It does beautiful things for the skin and wellness. And I started researching it and really it was, it was a phenomenal piece of equipment they were using. And she said, let's go in on this together. And, um, soon after I just told my dad, you know, this is something I want to do. I presented it to him. Uh, obviously I needed some money. I had just graduated college and was working in HR for his company. And then also, working in a gerontology clinic, putting together exercise programs um, and loving both of those jobs. But when this got presented, I knew it was something I had to do. And of course, my father was in full support of it. Now, how did you know? How did you know? I want to stop you right there for a second. How did you know this was something you had to do? Was it a gut feeling? Was it, I mean, talk about that. I think when, you know, working for my dad's company and being an employee of his and also being an employee of the clinic, I knew I loved to work and I knew I enjoyed the clinic side much better than being in HR and running payroll for my dad. Both were educational experiences for me, but really I wanted something of my own. And I knew that inside that this was my chance to kind of go out on my own and really take the risk and, and do it. And even though I didn't have have the resources at the time, I had the knowing that this was something I had to say yes to um, and just try it out. I was 20. I had no kids. And I thought, you know, better, better now than never. It's hard to define that quality of what you just said. I had the knowing, I had the knowing that this was just something that I had to do. There is like a gut reaction or an inner voice or an, or a little push. And so many people ignore that and ignore it and ignore it. And it keeps coming back. And I'm so proud of you that at the age of 20, you trusted yourself enough to listen to that knowing that you had inside you. And, and before we continue, I just want to go back to that kitchen table um, and that dining room table where you grew up with the printers and your mom was working it and you were working it. And it was probably a shit show to some degree inside the house. You know, you're supposed to be eating dinner at the dining room table, but instead there's payroll and there's printers and there's all this. 
And what I want everybody to understand is when you start a journey, <laughs> it's not Instagrammable. It's not pretty. It's messy. And um, you kind of figure it out as you go. And I keep hearing you say that um, throughout so far our conversation. You said you didn't know what you were doing. You were 20 years old, but you know what? You had a knowing and you wanted to go for it. And you had watched your dad figure it out. You trusted yourself enough to jump in and say, you know what? I can figure this out. I mean, would you agree with that? I do. And I think too, for others that are listening, even if you're not uh, being raised in a, in a situation where you have this modeled for you, uh, the thing I think was a real catalyst for me when I was 20 was to, even though I had had it modeled and I had that background, I, I often wonder if I didn't, if I still would have listened to that knowing, and I believe that I would have. And it was, I, I visualized what I wanted for my life outside of being uh, someone's daughter or someone's employee and what that would look like. And so the freedom that I felt when I thought about that life of, if I do this and I take this risk and it actually does work, then this is the life that I'm visualizing that I can create. And it was a life of flexibility, which was very important to me at that time. I have a free spirit. I like to be involved in different things. I um, wanted to be able, I have a lot of interests. And so I knew if I was just stuck in one job that I wouldn't have the flexibility to really uh, investigate those other interests. So that was part of the knowing too, is just visualizing the kind of life I really wanted to have. And even at 20, I wasn't clear, but I knew that I wanted freedom and I didn't want to be an employee. And that was why part of what, you know, inspired me to just jump in. Okay. So let's go back to what you were starting to touch on, which was um, ordering this amazing equipment, um, exploring the opportunity. And I think you were talking about getting a loan from your dad. Yeah. So I needed that. I presented the idea to him that someone had come to me and wanted me to be a part of their business. And um, it was a family friend and she was, uh, you know, needing a partner and she knew that I would put in the effort and make it happen. And so, yeah, I, I presented it to him. I believe at the time it was maybe $30,000, which was a lot of money. Um, and he said, yes, if this is what you want to do. And obviously I was working my working for him. So I was going to have to quit working for him and he was going to have to give me money, but he gave me a note. He, you know, I had to pay it back. He gave me a time frame that I needed to pay it back. And I went forward and did it. And I had that, that partner, um, that family friend partner for, I believe a little less than a year and ended up buying her out. It, entrepreneurship wow. wasn't for her. And she knew that very quickly. And it's hard. You know, there was many nights and weekends where I sat waiting for my first client. And um, I'm in Newport Beach um, in Orange County, California. And I, you know, plastic surgery is a thing here and a well-known thing here. And I had relationships with some plastic surgeons and I started there. And I just started giving presentations and cold calling and calling some of my contacts and saying, hey, you know, I'm doing this new service. It's going to make your work look better. It's going to serve your clients well. And this is how it's going to work. Can I come in and share with you about this new equipment? I'm the, I think the first or second person in California that actually had this equipment. And 
um, yeah, so I, that's how I started. And they just, I gave my presentations to a few and then within three years, it just exploded. And, uh, I had a full clientele on my own and was able to pay my dad back. And I quit both my jobs and decided that this was going to be my job. Your, your massive overnight success in three years. Right. And so I think what people don't understand, and I see this all the time, especially with um, direct sellers and network marketers, and I'm, I'm sure with you know entrepreneurs outside of that particular profession, it takes a grind. It takes like a daily grind and a decision not to give up, no matter how many years it takes. You know, yeah. So, there were some really low times for sure. <laughs> really low times where you start <laughs> questioning yourself, like, "Am I really going to be able to make a living doing this?" And you know, a lot of a lot of hours, a lot of hours in for sure. It's a lot of hard work. But now, how did you keep your mindset in the in the proper place during those low times? I think at the time, I right now I would call it my why. Back then, I didn't I didn't know that. I just um, I just was looking into the future. What kind of a life does Tamara want to live? And what does that look like? And I kept my eye on that. And part of the part of that was keeping me going, but I also had a heart to serve always. And I thought if I just could keep going, whether I made money or not, and I could provide value and service to the people that were sent to me, um, then that would keep it going and make it exciting for me until I found my next real job. So this was actually started out as this was my fake job. This was the job <laughs> I was just jumping into. And we, this is, we laugh about it all the time. Yeah. This was your side hustle. It was. And yeah. it was kind of like, I'm just putting, getting my feet wet. It was my fake job for a while until it actually became my real job. And it was always a passion, but it didn't provide enough revenue for me to live. Uh, at the beginning, for sure, I had to keep two jobs. I had to keep my real job, and then I got to play with my fake job and really try and make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and the fake job became my real job. How many years now have you been doing your real job? Twenty years. Twenty years. So in those twenty years, you've worked on women and men and athletes. And you know what? I do apologize. We haven't even talked about what this actual body treatment is. I mean, I know it's morphed into multiple different treatments, but um, in the beginning, can you just quickly share with our audience what this technology is? Yeah. So the very first device I had was uh, by a company, LPG, and it was a gentleman who who created this for. Uh, burn recovery victims in France, and then found that the treatment was actually really good for skin quality, um, cellulite reduction, increased circulation and collagen. And so it's an overall uh, body uh, treatment that exercises the skin and creates uh, increased circulation, collagen production, smoother toner texture to the skin. And as that device morphed, he started selling it as more of as a wellness and aesthetic approach to um, anti-aging. And then that was about 37 years ago. And so I've had the equipment now for about 21 years. And um, it really does all kinds of things, about 22 different treatments pre-programmed on this device um, for all the things that I had just mentioned. So really overall wellness, we work on scar tissue reduction, um, people recovering from athletic injuries, uh, preventing athletic injuries with um, 
muscle therapy. It does a lot of beautiful things for the body. And I still own these devices today. They've obviously been upgraded and uh, do a lot more fancy things. But uh, yeah, I've always stuck with this company and uh, this particular endermology uh, treatment has been great. And yes, over the last 20 years, I have 12 other modalities for uh, aesthetic uh, improvement with the skin. Uh, anything anything that has to do with uh, anti-aging uh, the from the shoulders down, I work on that with many different modalities. And that's just what it's it's turned into this beautiful, fun thing to learn and research. And there's new things coming to market all the time. And my biggest goal really is to not confuse the consumer. There's so much out there when it comes to skin and body treatments and cellulite reduction and tone and texture and all these things we're interested in as women and also as athletes. There's new devices all the time every year coming to market. So I like to do that research. I love it. And I kind of pick what modalities I feel like would provide the best service in the, sh- in the shortest amount of time. And then I jump in. And so the way that you execute the treatments is that the person comes and they lay on your table and your devices are working on the neck down, but Tamara is working on <laughs> shoulders <not> just- up. <laughs> the business has morphed into um, this almost therapeutic, emotionally, physically, spiritually therapeutic session. I know for myself, and I know from talking with you that it's almost that way with all of your clients. And so I feel like I just want to delve a little bit into that because that's how I want to lead into your new side hustle to your fake job, which is now your real job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think we've talked about that. You've experienced it yourself, you know, being a client of mine for many years. Uh, This is very interesting how life works. You start out, you take a risk and you push through um, all of the all of the doubt or maybe some of the naysaying going on around you and you just go for it. And for me, it worked out. Um, I think it can work out for anybody who has. has that vision in mind of what it is and is a little, has some clarity as to what it is they want in their future. I think anybody can make it happen. Um, it has morphed into something different. As you say, I, I think I had, uh, so much time I ended up during this, uh, career, I've ended up, you know, getting married and having children. And, uh, in that time, you know, my, I was doing a lot of work off the clock, uh, this is my clients calling me outside of the clinic hours and uh, wanting, um, you know, more advice about different things. And uh, we, you know, there's a lot that goes on in, in a session where we're together for an hour or two doing body treatments, but we're also talking about our lives and sharing and experiences. It's a, it's a very authentic space that's been created at the clinic and, um, you know, you, as you've experienced where people can come and truly just be who they are and have a safe place to be. And so what that has turned into is being able to share um, some stories that maybe we wouldn't share with our own friends and family. And in that, I've also been able to share some struggles I've been through on a personal level and how I've been able to overcome um, quite a bit of personal tragedy and, and things that have gone on in my own life. And those those times have been beautiful because they've they've opened up space for other people to share what they're going through and 
um, you know, I've just had the opportunity to speak into many people's lives just by being in this authentic space. And um, yeah, it, it started to become a thing on the weekends. I think my husband was like, are we going to have our own family time or are you going to continue <laughs> to, you know, breathe life into your clients off the clock? And that's when I, I really had to sit back. I'm a woman of faith and I had to take some time, several weeks alone to figure out what this was going to look like once again for my future, what I wanted for my children and my husband and my career. I loved both being at home and I being married and also my entrepreneur lifestyle. And I had to figure out how that was going to, how that was going to work because I needed to create a, a time frame where I could actually spend um, speaking with my clients uh, outside of their own body treatments. So after a few weeks of praying and um, thinking and tossing around the idea of what was coming next, you ended up going back to school. Yeah, I really felt like it was time for me to provide value in another way. And although I wanted to keep the clinic running and continue to provide the service with the aesthetic and wellness business, I knew I had to look into this deeper. And I felt like it was time for me to start my own coaching business. And so, I, yeah. Yeah. So you went back to school. Did you have any fear about that? Or did you, from, did you experience that familiar knowing that this was the right no, I knew I needed to do something, but again, I was not clear what that was. I, I wanted to create a space to be able to provide value in that way too, um, with the life coaching or kind of coaching my clients, but I didn't know how that was going to work. And I was very fearful uh, in this particular regard because the whole, uh, the imposter syndrome just really came in like, who are you to do this? You already have this successful business. This is what you're good at. Why would you uh, mess this up or take time away from this successful, wildly successful wellness company that provides so well for your family and is providing so well for your community to do this? And I just knew I had to do it. And I know that there are many life coaches out there that are fantastic and fabulous that never went back to school to get a credential or their coaching certification or their ICF or anything like that. But it was something I I felt very called uh, to do and to step into. And I I needed, because that imposter syndrome was so wild for me, it was just like, who are you to do this? you're not qualified to do this. You need to stay where you are. Don't step into this scary place and you can just keep doing the same thing. And it, it just, it, it was crazy. I knew I had to go back to school because I wanted the credibility for myself. It wasn't that I couldn't continue to coach and, and give strategy to my clients who were reaching out to me. It was that I needed to create a business that was going to you know, be very clear and clear for my own family. I needed to know what those boundaries were. I had this pull of this entrepreneurial lifestyle and then also being a mother and a wife. And it was, you know, it was something I needed to make clear for myself on how that was going to pan out. And going back to school was just the first step. Am I really going to step into this? And I knew that that was going to help me make the decision whether that was going to be a yes or no. You know, Not that all people need to do that, but for me, I needed the credibility of going back to school and understanding what life coaching was actually going to be like for me. 
Well, yeah. And it was a good way to dip your toe in and see if this is really the path that you want to go down and this is for you. So that was, that was a good move. But what I really want to take a moment and go back and focus on you guys, did you hear what she said? (laughs) This is a woman. And I know because I know her personally, and I'm still her client to this day. She has a very successful business, 20 years, and she got imposter syndrome. Can, I mean, do you guys understand how powerful that is for you to hear her say that? And she's being 100% authentic and truthful. She's never anything but. We all have it. We all get it. No matter, I don't care if you're Oprah or whoever. <laughs> we all put our pants on one leg at a time. We're all the same. We all feel in different you know, times in our lives, this thing called imposter syndrome. When I was writing my book, I thought to myself, who the hell am I to write a book? Who's going to care what I have to say, right? I mean, I can just so relate to that, Tamara. It's unbelievable. And I'm sure that a lot of the listeners can relate to that as well. And I think it's interesting that instead of just jumping both feet in, what you did was you, you, you dipped a toe in. You took a step. And that step led to another step. And that's how this all works. So back to you. So you ended up going to school and you now fast forward. Um, you have another side hustle. <laughs> I do. Yeah. And it, it came also with many challenges, bumps mm-hmm. in the road. Um, you know, uh, people around me that were doubting me, should you really do this? You're already busy. Um, and I was, I heard that a lot. You're already so busy. Why would you do this? Like, why do you want to take, you're so busy. You're so busy. And honestly, it's for me, it was, I want to stop looking or being so busy and I want to be more intentional. And I think that was where everything shifted for me. How can I do what I love and I feel gifted to do and not keep all of these, these, um, you know, ideas and strengths and um, talents and the things that I feel like I've been given and keep it all to myself because I was living with this imposter syndrome or had a little tribe around me, you know, saying, you shouldn't do this. You're so busy. So I wanted to take that, that phrase of you're so busy and really sit with that. And I did, I spent much time alone, just pondering, how do I, how do I get over this? I'm so busy situation and be able to step into this thing that I'm really excited about. And that was what it was. It's just really taking time to, to visualize what you want. And what you want your life to look like and how you want other people to, to feel about what you're doing too. Um, we all know where our weaknesses are and I didn't focus too much about, you know, where I'm weak. I, I focused on where I was strong and what, how I wanted to use those strengths to really provide value and providing value as an entrepreneur is all you really care about. It's it's what you want to do, whether you get paid for it or not, you want to find a way to serve and provide value to others. And that just morphs into creating revenue. Really, that's been my experience. A hundred percent. Amen. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So here you are, you're with this imposter syndrome, and now you've got people close to you telling you, why are you doing this? Don't do this. You're too busy. You're taking on too much. Number one, how did you handle that? And number two, why do you think that those people felt empowered? Or why do you think that um, they wanted to share that with you? In, in what hope? In what end? Did they not want you to do it? They wanted you to listen to them? Because if they know, if, if they know you like I know you, that's just a challenge. <laughs> 
Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think when you're, uh, you know, when you're around others, they love you, they care for you, they want uh, an easy life for you, they want you to enjoy your life, and uh, they see it going a certain way. And I think it's okay. I think if you can look at that and say, thank you for your care and your love and your support and your, um, you know, wanting this, this certain kind of life for me, I, I, I didn't have a bad feeling about that. I just uh, needed to to receive the information and not allow it to penetrate really. And but do you I think at time, forward. I'm sorry, do you think yeah. at times though, it's their fear about what it would be like for them as opposed to their fear for you? 100%, of course. I had my own fears and I didn't need more of the, you know, that being uh, instigated anymore. Um, but they're also, some of them were my family members. And so I needed to to understand where they were coming from and also learn that it was the way that I spoke to and the way my own way of being. And I realized, wow, you know, I want to take this busyness, what looked like I'm so busy into something that was more intentional, like I had said before. And that was really sharing and learning how to communicate that with other people and and allowing them in on my story and my why. And once I shared, was able to share, this is why this is who I am and feel called to like step into this other area of life. It is all about evolving and you want to be around others who are allowing you to evolve. And even though you're, you may fail in that, the, the failure is we want to allow people to fail, you know? And I feel like if you're stepping into something new and someone else is afraid for you, you have to be able to articulate that you're okay to fail. And I think that was really huge for me was to understand, even if I failed at this and I, I wasn't going to be good at creating this new high side hustle. It was something I had to do and explaining that failure was okay because it was where I had already learned over the last 20 years of trying different things was the really what made me successful in the last business was being okay with failure and learning from it. And I, I was okay to do that. And I needed to articulate that to my family members that it's okay for me to fail. So don't be afraid. Well, the truth about failure and and tell me if you agree with me, but in my opinion, the truth about failure is this. If you quote unquote fail, you have two choices. You learn from it and continue or you stop and you quit. Those are really only the two choices the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Failure, it's 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 really important to allow ourselves the mental mindset to say it's okay if you fail, it's okay if it doesn't totally work out. You're going to learn along the way, and it's going to lead to something else. And we that's where we gain our our biggest lessons are in those challenging times. If things were so easy all the time, and we succeeded at everything we we tried, then we wouldn't have that that spirit of endurance and uh, perseverance and all of those things that you need to make it through and not just the naysayers, but the sleepless nights and the other, you know, the hard times when you're balancing work and family life and all of that takes endurance and perseverance and grace. And we have to have that for ourselves to get to the other side. Amen. I want to talk about something that you have on your website. Um, can you tell also, by the way, now is a good time for you to tell our listeners how to find you? Yes. Yeah, so um, I've been, you know, I run life coaching programs, uh, mostly based, I work with women uh, and th- it's based on, 
you know, finding our own strengths, values, and um, interests, and really um, honing in on those to create the life that we want and gain more confidence in doing so. So I have other um, other programs that I that I run throughout the year. Right now, you can find me at tamralee.com. T-A-M-R-A-L-E-I-G-H.com. And that is uh, my life coaching business. All the programs are full for this year, but there are ways to reach out to me there if you're interested. And um, I do one-on-one coaching as well throughout the year. And right now, just so everybody knows, we're recording this July 5th, 2021. So when you say it's full for the year, you mean for the rest of 2021? Yes. And I believe two of the programs have now also sold out for uh, 2022, but there, anyone's able to reach out to me if they have any um, questions and want more clarity about what it is we do, but you'll find more information on, on the website as well. And so on your website, you said, quote, there is no greater joy than to walk alongside amazing women who move from confusion to clarity, chaos to calm, dull to passionate, and from stuck to free. I love that quote so much. That is how I feel about um, helping transform the lives of some of the people that I come into contact with in direct selling. And clearly you feel that way too through your life coaching. Um, Tell me about what it feels like for you. You know, I've always had a passion to serve, like I said earlier, and and because I have learned along the way, I, I too have had my own coaches, career coaches and life coaches, and it's been transformational in my own life. I've worked with one for many years. I had a business coach for many years, and they really coaching changed my life, absolutely changed my life. And so when I knew I needed to investigate this because of the clients that were coming to me and I needed to, to step into this, I just used that passion. I used the experience that I had from the coaches I I worked with in the past and the passion just grew. You know, I just sunk my toe into it. I really beat down that imposter syndrome and stepped into it. And my whole thing is to to encourage and equip and elevate those who want to go from where they are now to where they want to be in the future. And I have a journey of that myself. I've been able to share with many people where I was all the obstacles and how I got there and where I want to be now, despite all the obstacles and how I use the failure that I had along the way to really serve me and not steal from me. It was the times that I failed were my absolute greatest lessons and what really propelled me forward every time. So now I have no fear of failure. I know sometimes it might creep up and I'm able to really understand and remember from the past of how those things that looked like obstacles or failures, what pushed me forward to get from where I was to where I wanted to be. And I truly believe that coaching is 100% life-changing and I've experienced it in my own life. I couldn't, I mean, just having the right coach come alongside you to equip you and really provide um, more, you know, help give you that direction that you need to push through and the encouragement, it's just, it's been absolutely life-changing for me. And I have fully enjoyed uh, doing this the last several years myself. And I still have a coach today. So I, I can't say enough about coaching. And if you find your right match, not everyone's a match. You know, I have a discovery process where we have, you know, a discovery call and I'll know pretty quickly um, if this is a good match. So I don't just take 
any clients that want to work with me. I really want them to have the best coach for themselves. And I'll know if I'm that person or not. Right. And so we go through that process together. And I think that's the important part in finding a coach is just being sure that uh, you you have it together. You have that thing where you know you're going to be able to work well together. And it's absolutely life-changing. I, I couldn't be more passionate about it. I think everyone should have a coach. I still have one and love it. I think everybody should have a coach as well. And I'm so grateful for you. I've been mine forever <laughs> for a long, long great. time. And I just, I just want my everybody to hear that one more time. Can you imagine what your life would be like if you were no longer afraid of failure, of having no fear of failure? What would that look like? What would you be capable of doing? How much more could you do? What would you open yourself up to? I mean, that is so inspiring, Tamara. I love, love, love that so much. Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out, that you look at, you have no fear of failure and that you look at failure as opportunities. If you start to welcome failure because you know it's a lesson where you need to refine and hone and learn, that is life-changing. And I I hope that um, some of the listeners reach out to you and see if they're good fit for you or that if you're a good fit for them, I should say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh my gosh, thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. I, I have a few more questions to ask, but I think we should just have you on again. (laughs) That would be great, Lisa. This has been really wonderful. I hope you had fun. I love talking with you. I can't wait to see you in person in the next few days and give you a hug. And thank you so much for doing this for me, for coming on for being so open and honest, um, filled with grace as always. And I just, I love you. I really do. Well, I, I love you too. And uh, I hope the best for you and um, for all your listeners. That's, that's just, um, if, if we can just embrace, I know they're, they're in a direct sales uh, world and some, you know, you're, you're speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs too. Um, I really hope that each and every one of you can just listen to that inner voice. Uh, and allow uh, any of that fear to actually serve you and not steal from you because it's there for a reason. It's a healthy fear to have. And if we can just ask ourselves every time we move forward uh, or want to want to move forward, how can this serve me right. and not steal from me? I think we're able to really combat some of those fears and that nasty imposter syndrome and just step into it. And one more thing I would like to add that I feel like was really helpful for me um, and I hope helpful for your viewers um, and listeners is um, just to trust yourself and ask yourself, what would it be like? What would life look like if I didn't step in? And I think that was really helpful for me too. I could either push through the fear and move forward, or I could not push through and always wonder uh, what it could have been like. And right. I think the regret of not pushing in and giving it your best and full out um, is often worse than just welcoming the discomfort of failure and the unknown. And um, I hope that that sits well with you guys and inspires you to just push through anything that you're struggling with. And if you know, you just step into it and find your right tribe to support you through the process and you can do it. Amen. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. Imagine what you would be capable of by just giving it a shot, by just trying. So, you know, in our show notes, I'm going to 
spell it out, um, Tamara's website and some more information about her and where you can follow her on social media. And um, thank you again. You're welcome. I'll see you soon. Thanks, Lisa. All right. Bye, hon. Bye-bye. For more information on the Direct AF Sales book or custom dice course or workbook, go on over to directafsales.com. There's going to be a discount code for all the listeners there. It's code DIRECTAF20 and grab yours today. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please leave me a review. Make sure you subscribe and even better, share it with a friend so that we can share our message and our content and help as many people as we can. Thanks, guys.